Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is a leading provider of lines of credit to small businesses. Our line of credit program is fast, easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing to set up, making it a great cash backup plan for your business. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com, or give us a call at 862-207-4118. As many of your our listeners know, um, I've started a number of companies over the last 25 years. I can't tell you how 15, 20 years ago, I wish I had access to our line of credit. Um, you know, dealing with banks um, and dealing with other types of financial financial institutions is crazy tedious. Crazy, it's just unbelievable what they ask for. And to have a line of credit as a backup plan is just one of the entrepreneurs' most sought after tools and uh, financing solutions makes it easy. So, you know, please consider it. Again, just visit fscreditline.com. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with Suzette Bailey um, from simplemarketing.ai. Suzette is a bioscience graduate who built a multi-million dollar IT company delivering informational management services to the Australian government before transitioning to working with business owners. Suzette is now the CEO and co-founder of simplemarketing.ai, which is AI software that allows you to create custom content for your website in 60 seconds or less. I am extremely excited to be talking about this subject matter because it directly affects me (laughs) and I think many other entrepreneurs out there as well. So Suzette, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Stephen. I'm looking forward to it. So today's topic, and I'm going to let the listeners in, it actually changed about five minutes ago when I got Suzette on the phone because I looked at her site a lot closer and I was like, wow, there's some powerful things here because, you know, today's topic is going to be how to build more content on your site using new AI software. And if you're listening to this podcast, I would uh, bet you that either you are doing it now or you are struggling with it trying to write as much content on your site as possible so that you get search engine traffic coming to you and either you're paying a writer or you're writing it yourself or, you know, you're doing a variety of things. Um, Anything that uh, we could do to make this um, easier uh, would be um, helpful. So Suzette, let's just start off by saying, tell us a little bit about since you're an entrepreneur and, and since the people who are listening are entrepreneurs, um, tell us how you got it, kind of got into this problem that's out there. Well, it's funny that you uh, you mentioned about entrepreneurs and, and needing, it them, uh, needing it and yourself needing it. Uh, that's actually pretty much exactly how I got into it. <laughs> I, so what I had been doing is I had been working for this, uh, running an IT consulting business in the area of information management, use of information. So essentially creating uh, or making 
complex systems, easy to understand, that sort of thing for the big end of town. And so I had uh, about four or five years ago, wanted to, I uh, had started to transition to wanting to work with entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, and taking that knowledge of, you know, working uh, around productivity, how to work um, smarter, not harder, all those sort of things into that sector and couldn't market myself at all bomb spectacularly and was found it extremely difficult to transition this business uh, or what my knowledge uh, into an online environment and couldn't sell a $500 course. So I actually was uh, very much acutely aware of the struggles of a lot of us who as entrepreneurs and business owners transitioning to this online environment. Um, there's this expectation on us as, as entrepreneurs and small business owners that we just magically need to or understand how to do online marketing. And it's an industry in its own right. And it took me a long time. And so for me, it was fundamentally understanding that that issue. And so I parked it for a little while and I watched, and because of my interest in IT and that sort of thing, I kept a, uh, and because I'm a bit of a geek, I <laughs> like to follow AI technology. And one day I got technology, got to a point where it actually could write uh, or and almost indistinguishably as a human, I realised that there was an opportunity to take my knowledge of information management systems and co um, making complex systems simple, coupling that with this new AI technology and being able to create something that would actually not only help me as a business owner but also help um, other business owners ch uh, faced with this issue that uh, they're struggling with. Yeah, so you... So in other words, you were you trying to build content yourself and you saw how hard it was or did you see other people doing it and you kind of said, you know, there's a need there? Originally, um, around when I was trying to transition to that small business market, it was me actually writing content myself, and I just couldn't do it. I because I was a as you as you mentioned, I was a trained scientist. I'd been writing for the government, which uh, a lot of reports and documentation in the third person. I found it extremely hard to transition into writing sort of marketing content. Um, in a way that would actually engage. So I knew what I needed to do, but I found it extremely hard to do it. And it it was only when I actually saw that this technology could do it sort of right for me that that was when I, and I also had been keeping in contact with a lot of other entrepreneurs and small business owners. So I, I knew I wasn't the only person suffering or challenged with this particular issue. And so it was a sort of a case of building a platform for myself, but also building it for uh you know, other business owners like myself who were transitioning online. So, so um, before we get too far ahead of yourself, because I could ask you so many questions in that regards, let's, let's talk exactly about what your product, your software product does. So simple marketing AI is a platform that actually writes, as I mentioned, the marketing content for you. So it uses uh a few few words or a key phrase to actually write the content. The way I sort of describe it to people is it's like you sitting down, um, you have a body of knowledge. So you as an expert on a field or um, you have a, a lot of the sum of your experiences and the sum of your knowledge. And when you write something, you write from that. 
Now, the AI, for the most part, does exactly the same thing. It doesn't actually curate or template or go and research or or find other content and uh, put it together or anything like that. What it's actually doing is it's been trained, this particular AI has been trained on the entire internet. So it already has a body of knowledge that is a little bit bigger than what we as humans have, but it is still a body of knowledge. And what it does is it generates the content from that and uses what it knows already about a topic to actually create something unique and new on that topic uh, much faster than we can. So it usually does it in about between about 30 seconds uh, to one minute. It's kind of, uh, I don't use this word often. That's, it's awfully, I don't know if it's scary, but um, I, I'm going to have to, I haven't used your product yet. So to be honest with you, I'm excited to use your product. You know, to our listeners, you should know, like we, my company generates huge amounts of, we, we did generate like 90% of our leads from SEO, search engine optimization, right? And then, uh, well, maybe it, it's 90% now it was maybe 50%. And then, you know, we did other things like direct mail and S and, and pay per click. And, you know, we're really good at lead generation. And that's my, that's one of my key roles at, at the company, um, is marketing. So, so, you know, we use professional writers to write articles. We do this podcast. Um, where we have people write up the article that what's been said at the, uh, not a transcript, but an article for the podcast, you know, where we, we have 1100 articles on our website, which is a lot for, for our company. Um, and it's a major project and it's a major expense, you know, so for, for us to be able to use your product, and to either reduce that time or eliminate that time, I, that's that's incredibly powerful, and I would think so to a lot of our listeners as well. Um, what it, what's the feedback that you're getting from your clients? Positive. Uh, so, look for one thing. I probably should also mention is this is not an automation tool. This is not designed to replace um, you as a as a human um, or the writers. All it's designed to be is a productivity tool. So coming back to that whole um, working smarter, not harder type concept. So you as a human still have con- complete control over this. So what it's about is getting to that first draft. So sometimes, like as humans, when we write our first draft, the first draft is pretty much almost done and is ready to go. And we actually, there's a, an article on my LinkedIn profile that it's about a four to 500 word piece uh, LinkedIn article, but there's only six words that I had to change um, or add um, add to that particular article. Now, that's probably a very unusual situation. It, it wrote that one very well. But other times it doesn't do so. It may write something that it's a starter for you. It gives you a, a, a launching off place and it allows you, instead of having this white page um, to you know, staring at you and needing to actually, you know, not even knowing what to write about, much less um, being able to write it, it gets you to that point of having something to pull apart or extend on um, and be able to, to go forward. So that gives you that ability to, you know, sort of when you've actually got this first draft to use either a professional writer or yourself or all the techniques that you've learned to actually build on that and provide a quality piece of um, content that is 
targeted to your customers and actually meets your requirements the same way as if you had sat down and actually written it yourself, just a lot, lot faster. And uh, I know someone who knows, uh, if any of our listeners really know a lot about SEO, certainly they're all would be worried about um, not replication. What's the right word? Help me here, Suzette. Uh, Google's uh, duplication you know, um, when things are too consistent or yes. too, too too similar to other pieces of other content. Google doesn't yeah, like it so much. Yeah, so they don't like that. They they they'll. they'll you know, give you an, uh, a detriment, uh, you know, that's not the right word, but a negative for that. So does it do any of that? Well, the, no, actually, because it is actually uniquely generated content. The only difference is that instead of you writing it, an AI has written it. And ultimately, as I mentioned, you're still taking responsibility for what's published. So you can extend it, but the original content that you actually created is unique. And as such, from a Google's perspective, it's not a duplicated piece of content. It's going to, in fact, actually pass plagiarism software. Um, so you can actually put it into plagiarism um, software and it will pass because it is unique content. The value of that content ultimately comes to how much you have uh, validated that information and edited it to make it appropriate for your audience. But other than that, uh, and added, obviously, some SEO terms in a in context because Google doesn't just like you throwing in um, Google word, um, sorry, AdWords, say or an SEO terms the same way as you would as a human writer. Um, but ultimately, from Google's perspective, it is unique content, and as such, it treats it as such. Hmm. So the, your company is relatively new, uh, correct? Yes, we launched yeah, in what- March. Well, that's really no. I thought like maybe a year. So that's wait, a year of this uh, March of this year. Yes, indeed. Well, and so were you doing product development before you launched? You launched. Oh, okay. That was our public launch. Um, So we started development in uh, November. The actual underlying AI is uh, less than twelve months old. So okay, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, what you know now? So let's move just because let's move. This is for the entrepreneur MBA side of everybody. Um, let's move to the business side of uh, uh, what, what do you think are the obstacles that you're going to have to uh, overcome to make this company, you know, is the ultimate goal for, are you building this company with the idea that um, it's, it's just going to be sold because someone's going to buy the technology that's behind it? For us, we're building it. Uh, we've got a very um, strong roadmap of what we wanted to do. And coming back to my original um, experience around information management, for me, this is is about providing a tool. Now, for one thing, the AI that we're using is not our not our AI directly, um, although one of the AIs at our mm. platform. Um, it's actually a, um, a product called or an AI called GPT three. So it's actually provided by OpenAI. It actually underpins a number of companies, um, a number of platforms, and it's being used in a range of different ways, including actually a uh, Dungeons & Dragons type online environment where you can essentially have a choose-your-own-adventure and the the AI is writing the content for that. So it's being used in a multiple different ways. We're actually extending our platform to um, use it and extend it for small business and entrepreneurs. Other businesses have used it in different ways. So for us, what we're doing is building this to provide a platform for 
business owners and entrepreneurs to be able to have easy access to be able to create marketing content without having to understand tech in a big way and understand uh, even marketing terms. We do have some competitors using the same AI in this space, but we've all taken a very um, different or uh, sort of approach. So uh, for them, they have focused a lot on sales copy uh, which for the people who are aware, copy actually is a marketing specific term that actually just means content. So one of the things that we're, and, and I'm dealing with a lot of digital marketers, for instance, we've taken a bit of, because of my passion with working with small business owners and entrepreneurs, we're building a platform that's easy to use for that particular sector. So what that means is where we're building it is we're building in functionality that actually supports business owners and entrepreneurs who are not necessarily very marketing savvy or tech technology um, literate to actually use. Um, so what is the, you know, what is our end goal? Um, obviously, any IT um, startup or SaaS product or software as a service product, ultimately buying um, or somebody buying you is, a, is an option. Uh, that isn't what we're looking at in the short term. What we wanted to do is build something that actually supports the you know business um the business community uh but uh, this area is a uh, watch and see it will change as we as we add in new functionality now um angel funding at all or is are you are you self-funding it right now we're self-funded at the moment um we have uh, as a as an australian uh startup we find it it's a little bit more difficult to access uh funding than uh, over is it it is in the US. Uh, so we've been bootstrapping. On the flip side, though, it's uh, as Aussies, um, we are we're very good at uh, running things very lean and very sort of punching above our weight. So what we've been able to achieve um, through a bootstrapping and self-funded um, approach has been uh, uh, has been particularly uh, good. We've we've brought in a lot of um, sort of adapted using overseas development as well as coupled with um, local development, uh, being able to sort of bring in my knowledge and uh, one of my co-founders has also worked in the enterprise space for a long time. So we've built it using a lot of our background knowledge of implementing these kinds of systems for a very long time. So we, we've been able to not make too many mistakes, which can cost a, a, an IoT startup a lot of money in the first instance. Now, I, I did ask you this question off air, but I think our um, our listeners would want to know too, and that is, how do you think Google's going to look at what you're doing in regards to um, creating uh, content using AI? Do you think they're going to be? Do you think they're going to build a bit better widget to find out who's doing that and then kind of uh, stop it, or do you think that they'll be okay with it? Ultimately, it it's going to be. Um, a case of it really doesn't know depending because for the most part the content that is generated is actually indistinguishable from humans they've done some uh tests with the particular content and compared it and in fact <laughs> this is something that will uh um, is a bit interesting in some cases it actually does it writes better than humans um for example when it was actually uh tested against the average uh, U.S. Um, college entrant or on the SATs, it actually did better than the average person. So in some areas, it actually will <laughs> write better than um, humans. But for the most part, it's it's pretty much on par. It's not better or worse. Um, it's 
just a different way to get there. The way I sort of described it to someone is uh, in a completely different way is because I actually got asked, is this cheating? And I went, well, you know, if you are somebody who thinks washing the dishes by hand, or sorry, using a dishwasher to wash your dishes versus washing it by hand is actually cheating, well, then you're probably not the right audience for using this particular software. But ultimately, in the long run, having it washed by the dishwasher or washing it by hand is ultimately you still have a clean dish at the end. And pretty much from Google's perspective, it really doesn't matter if it's been created by AI originally and then edited and and validated and um, finished by a human or completely written by a human to begin with. It doesn't, you know, it, it seats the same. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it's going to be better quality than, say, for instance, things like content that's written by people who are not, uh, you know, a lot of people use overseas writers who may not necessarily have English as a, sec- um, as a first language. It's going to write better than some of those sort of content that people get through, you know, some of the online platforms and things. It was interesting because you told me off off air too that um, you can write in 150 languages. 150 plus. Um, it's been trained on the entire internet, and Amazing. so it, it understands all the languages that are on the internet in varying levels. Obviously, English and Latin based languages it knows the best because that by far is the most amount of content is in those language. But just for example, um, we've been working with an organisation in Saudi Arabia and doing some um, tests of the with the platform in Arabic. So we get them to give us the you know sort. Uh, the prop we give them the information they write it for us in Arabic we then put that into the system and it then actually writes reasonable content in Arabic afterwards as far as I've been told I don't myself read or write um, Arabic but the uh, the person who we were doing the test with said it was actually pretty reasonable yeah you know what I saw today um, I we use a product called smart look and Smart Look allows you to watch um, people who are on your website to see where they go and what they do and those type of things. And I was watching um, somebody came in. It's the first time I ever saw this. And they came in and it converted. They came in from Brazil, and they and and they were they were uh, looking at pages on my website in Spanish. And I, this sounds. I'm not an IT guy. So I didn't, you know, it's obvious, of course, that there's there's trans web translators out there that convert for people. And it's the first time I ever saw this where they, they converted our page. I didn't do it. The the software with this this that this guy was using converted it um, to Spanish. But uh, it was the first time I ever saw something like that. So let me ask you, this is like I gotta ask you this question. I we we have more time left, but I'm just kind of dying to ask you. So Let's take this podcast we're doing right now. And I know that the way you, uh, you've you explained it to me and our listeners is you, you take keywords and you put it into your software. And then it comes out with an uh, a article. So what based on what we've said so far in this podcast, what keywords would you put into your software if you want to talk about the subject matter, if you want to write about the subject matter. So we write, um, for, for us just in our uh, online, the, the 
shared platform when you, you log in. What we would use is um, why would you use AI to write your content for you or something like uh, why would you, you know, how can AI write marketing content for a small business or an entrepreneur? That alone, a phrase about like that will actually give you um, right enough for you to then build on. Wow. Does it, um, so would it like, so for example, if you're, if you, if you know that, uh, let's say the key, it, it's hard to say what the key, the major keyword would be here, but, uh, just from an SEO perspective, it might be, uh, it depends on your company that you're, what you're selling. So if it's like AI software, would it use the term AI software, if that's the keyword, a lot throughout the article? Depends. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it may not even reference it at all. Um, so I had an example where I did a article, uh, a demonstration for someone, and we were talking about corporate innovation and uh, corporate structure. And it actually wrote uh, an article about corporate, about diversity and innovation and diversity about corporate culture because it, uh, there was a huge uh, association or correlation between diversity and corporate culture. So one of the articles it wrote about was the intersection between the two. So I hadn't even given it the word diversity in any of the um, phrase or keywords that I had put in as a, a term, but because it actually, that strong correlation was there, it wrote an article around that. Um, so it actually can provide, you know, it uses it as a, as a basis around that topic to write around that topic. And, in fact, you can actually use the same key phrase or work, once you've actually got something that's, uh, um, say, for instance, you're using that as your theme for the month. As us humans get bored with writing content all around this particular theme, you know, if we have to write over and over again, but the AI doesn't. So you can... And it will generate completely new content each time around that topic. So sometimes it will be very much, um, and there are some ways to, you know, uh, get it to increase the likelihood of it actually using those words in a lot more, um, a lot more through the, the, the article. But sometimes it's actually going to do something that's relative to that uh, those keywords without actually using them. And so then you have to, as a human, make a choice of will you actually then go and put those words back in in, a, um, in context or have you actually now got another article that's similar in um, the theme or topic that you were interested in and uh, you're actually using different keywords um, for SEO purposes? Yeah, I I, uh, I know you're not a newbie to being an entrepreneur. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you put a lot of thought into this question yet. And that is that now we're jumping over to the business side from the product side. Um, the how do you what, what how do you stop, you know, competitors from coming into your space or having something where, you know, five years from now, seven years from now, your company's, you know, five or seven years older and all of a sudden you have, you know, several companies doing exactly what it is that you do. Um, you know, yeah, you got a head start and everything, but is there a way to block people from, you know, doing what you're doing? 
Look, we actually already do have quite a few um, because we, uh, the underlying um, AI, there are a number of competitors already. And the reality is I think that the question and the answer, um, sorry, the answer to that question, sorry, is is pretty much the same, is you can't really, I mean, you've got to obviously do your competitor analysis and this is the same irrespective of if you're in an IA, I, sorry, an IT startup or software as a service thing um, company like us, or even just your local corner store um, type uh, bricks and mortar based business. It's pretty much the same result, which is understand and know what your competitors are doing, but don't ultimately focus on what they are. You need to innovate. You need to be listening to your own customers. You need to know who your customer is and understand what market segment you're actually servicing. Because the reality is there's more than enough room in the marketplace for competitors. And in fact, if there's only, if you say you don't have competitors in your marketplace, you're probably not really looking um, hard enough or uh, better, well enough at you know your you know, what's around you because it may not be direct competitors. There may be other ways. How can you stop them actually uh, doing what you're doing? Well, the reality is ultimately people will there will always be try to be people who will try to replicate what you're doing, particularly if you're successful. And the best way to do that is to continue to innovate, to continue to actually um, listen to those customers and build in that feedback into your into your business um, in an appropriate way. Uh, for us, um, the way I describe sort of how we're using we're using this this third party AI, but we're building it's sort of like um, car manufacturers. We actually all have the same content engine, but we're all building different cars on top of it. And so for us, our uh, point of difference and our ability to stay uh, relevant is the how closely we build a car to our particular market that we're actually trying to service. And there's plenty of markets to, to service. So um, ultimately, it's a case of uh, continue to innovate, look, listen to your customers and build on what you, you know, from that perspective. So uh, thinking back to the company you built prior to this, what were some of the major takeaways that you kind of got? Um, let's, let's focus on the, the uh, you, you learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes, right? And, um, you know, I, I think back in my own business, man, I could name, you know, 30 mistakes and maybe to successes, you know, not successes, but n- not mistakes. Uh, you know, I'm sure I could get 30 and 30, but um, what do you, so let's start off with the things that you, like you felt that mistakes that you've made that you, and you know, you can just give me one or two that you say, you know what, my next company, I'm not doing that. What, what do you think it was? There's been there's been numerous of them, but the ones um, the particular one that stuck in my mind uh, was sort of in the the early or sort of a number of years into my business, I was doing a lot of business with the government, but I felt felt sick and I felt very sick um, to the point where I was taken offline for a period of time, and it and my company suffered. I actually developed uh, quite a significant. Um, tax debt. Um, We have what's called the Australian Taxation Office in Australia, which is the equivalent of your internal revenue service. And I I had staff at the time 
and I didn't let them go fast enough and I incurred this big debt. But what it may, um, but within three years I had paid back this tax debt, which actually, when I say sizable, it was actually in the six figures. It was, it was not a small debt. And it was very important to me to pay that back. But what I learned from that process, and I paid that back in three years and made the company profitable again in that period, was that I actually implemented systems and used a lot of my knowledge of what I had been uh, sort of consulting in for years in my own business. And so for me, what I very quickly learned is I had not, I'd been pretty much the, uh, the, 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 you know, the mechanic who had the broken down, broken down car. I didn't actually apply what I did in my, you know, and helped other businesses and other organizations in my own business. So for me, that's the first one is knowing that, you know, systems are critical in your business and putting them in place. Now you can't necessarily rush and put systems in immediately. It takes a bit of time to put in good systems and have them working but it is critical and then ultimately if you have a situation like an unexpected illness or something that takes you as the um, the primary person in that business offline having systems in place that allow you to actually keep that business running in spite of you not being there is actually um, is critical and in fact I had a um Prior, in 2019, so pre-COVID, uh, I actually then had another significant um, illness situation occur, and that took me offline for a very long time. And but my company was able to continue this time because, unlike the last time, I had actually put these systems in place that meant that obviously that was important to the business, but I wasn't critical anymore. And as such, it could actually continue working while I was actually offline. Uh, and so that was the first one. The second one is also is around trust and relationships with people. I um, had a situation where I had somebody come into the business for a period of time and I'd had to actually, uh, things didn't go so well. We'd been working really well together prior to him uh, coming into the business, but things happened while he was in the business and he had to, uh, we had to um, separate. And it really then made me understand, you know, what types of people I want to work with, um, how I want to actually build business relationships. And it then gave me a, an understanding of different levels of trust. And I was having this discussion with a, with a number of other uh, business owners a few, um, about a week ago around the concept of, of we have, you know, we can do business with other people, either within the business or between businesses. But we don't necessarily have to have the same level of trust between us and other business owners. We can have different levels. So I'll have, I now have some relationships with other organizations and partnerships, and I'm very big on collaboration. For me, building businesses um, only works when you actually collaboratively work with other businesses. But you don't have to do it at the same level for everybody. Uh, you may have just a type of a, a referral type arrangement with some businesses and for other businesses you might go more deeper and actually have a much more of a stronger trust environment so that original situation where I had to you know I had that business relationship not go so well has meant that now I I recognize those situations a lot more um, a lot faster and I am now able to put things in place so I'm not affected as much as I would have been you know as I was the first time around
Good stuff. Well, good lessons. Those those are going to probably do really well, uh, help you really well going forward. I I know, you know. Uh, so so because I asked you for two uh, improvements or mistakes that you thought, tell me the one thing that you think will carry over from your prior experience that's a positive. Oh, look, I've already touched on it very briefly, which is collaboration. For me, um, the key oh. is is absolutely collaboration. And I um, part of the reason why I think I didn't do so well a few years ago with those with you know with the marketing content was uh, and, and trying to convert that side of it was I was very much trying to do content and that sort of thing by myself. And how I had built my first company, Sensory Seven, was. Uh, I was a female uh, owner of an IT consulting company in a very heavily male-dominated industry. Um, and also on top of that, for anyone who's ever worked with government, uh, it's hard to break into. It's not an easy – once you're in, it's very easy, but once you're actually, you know, trying to actually break into that market, it's one of the hardest markets you can. So not knowing very much and not, um, not having a lot of basis of understanding that, you know, not, not everyone does this, is I kept going around going, can you help me? Can you help me? And so I kept working with other businesses because I didn't know anything better. Like I didn't know better, so I was happy to ask for help. Mm -hmm. But what it did is it built a really, really strong foundation for me of working with my so-called competitors. And in fact, for the most part, I've actually built, I built that um, business, that multi-million dollar business on the back of working with competitors and which in turn actually became collaborators. And for us, the, we all have our own special uh, niche and our, our own special gift of what we can do and our business focuses on. I mean, you, for instance, I know do um, financing and business loans and things, but even then you're, you're different to a bank. You're both competitors, yes, but you you actually have, you know, you're targeting different audiences, you're approaching it differently. And somebody who wants a bank versus somebody who wants, wants to work with you they're going to be two different kinds of people. And the same thing with collaborators. We, we, the world mm. is big enough and that we can actually, you're better off trying to work together and everything building something better together um, than trying to do it separately. And that's how we're ba building this particular business now is we're working with partnerships, we're building strategic partnerships with people at different levels, as I mentioned, but we're, we're working and understanding that we are not everything. We need to be part of an ecosystem that if we actually can work with people, other businesses that are synergistic, we all benefit, both our customers as well as the, um, as the, well as the businesses involved. Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. I really like it. Well, listen, that's, uh, you know, kind of all the time we have for today. It was a, a unique podcast where we talked about products and we talked about your business. And so, you know, I would really like to thank so very much Suzette Bailey from simplemarketing.ai for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS creditline.com just for uh, those because since Suzette is in Australia, we only work in the United States. So uh, you're more than welcome to look at the website, but we're not, we can't, we're not really going to be able to help you. 
Uh, Suzette, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? They can absolutely go to our website and uh, contact me through there. But if you want to talk, reach out to me personally, I am available through LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn is just Suzette Bailey. So I'm very easy to find that way. Uh, otherwise, uh, any through uh, Instagram is simplemarketing.ai is our handle and through um, Facebook, which is Simple Marketing AI. Yep. So it's simple marketing s uh, simple marketing AI is the web address as well. Well, good it stuff. This is an excellent, excellent podcast. We really uh, thought it was. I thought it was very, very good. Um, and um, to our listeners, uh, if you're interested in getting any new business ideas, um, I tweet daily uh, at uh, at s halasnik s h a l a s n i k. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you, thank you all for listening and really kind of to sum up today, the thing that Suzette, I thought said that really caught my attention, um, is build processes, build, um, systems. Um, it, you know, if you're not doing it now, you'll learn as you go down how important it is. I'll give you this one last uh, tidbit. My business partner and I have built, uh, together, not together combined, but uh, we built eight companies. And what was really interesting was when we built the eighth company, which was three years ago, the very first thing that we started doing was building all the systems. And, you know, and within three months, we had the company profitable and huge amounts of revenue generating that would have taken us three to five years if we were doing it when we first started as young entrepreneurs. So the very first thing we focused in on was systems, processes, software, all, everything to, okay, make the company run smoothly and efficiently. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a good reminder that experienced business owners and entrepreneurs, they focus on processes and procedures first. So everybody have a fantastic day. And thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur MBA Podcast.